We're bringing in former Lockdown Red Wings host Nolan Bianchi to help talk Red Wings and preview the Philadelphia Flyers today on Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wow, that is fancy, boys. Where did you get that? They give that to you. They give you all these assets. We do, man. The YouTube transition. They're, they're you guys are out. you guys are on your way up in this world, huh? Woo-wee. Scotty's that's, already that's big one time. hell of an intro. I'm I'm riding Scotty's coattails, to be honest. It's, it's funny because when you're not here, he says the opposite every time. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> it is true. It's about a 50-50 split. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, welcome back to Lockdown Red Wings. Uh, we're your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. And today, special, 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 the specialist of guests. He's back, baby. He's back. The boy is back. Nolan Bianchi, former host here. The man who hired me. And me. To be the editor. And Scotty. <laughs> Brought both the of man- us on, baby. Yeah, he really did. He and he brought up he he made this podcast what it was. And you know, we're talking about riding coattails. Let's be honest, we're both riding Nolan's coattails. Absolutely. Damn right, he, baby. He he uh <laughs> he walked so we could run. He crawled so we could walk. Let's be Damn honest. Damn right. Damn right. I agree. Um Nolan, how you doing, man? It's been a while. What, since late October? Yeah, doing well, doing well, going through a little case of identity theft uh, at the moment, so that part hasn't been great. But everything else, I would say, for the most part, uh, has been going <laughs> pretty well. that over. I'm very <laughs> staying Sam's busy. Well, bro. it's like an 11-day uh, affair at this point. And uh, today I was at the, the police station. I was at the bank. That's what I was doing literally all day. Uh, I had to take a little mental health walk so that we could congregate here today in a clear headspace. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Everything else is going not so bad in life. And uh, it's good to see you guys. Good to be back. Oh, Hell yeah, we, baby. Scotty and I ball. We ball. We ball. Hey, we ball. The, the, men, the mental health, uh, the mental health walks, those will, those, those will really help you out. Those will really give you a nice, nice, nice headspace. You need to do it every once in a while. And I found that I actually enjoy them a lot more in the winter than I thought I would. Uh, you know, if you just got a nice coat, put your hood up and try and do something to block that wind Absolutely. from hitting your face. It's all Gucci. So uh, big fan of the mental health walks. And it was a great one today. <laughs> so outside of getting your identity stolen, um, how, how's life going? How's house free press going or uh, Detroit news? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Detroit gonna news. Have to cut Don't that. Get... Gonna have to cut that. Gonna have to cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Detroit news going well. Uh, I've I've been doing some freelancing at a, at a couple different places. Actually, just filed a story to our Detroit magazine last week on uh, Chris Draper, Dan Cleary, their love of pickleball, uh, which is uh, yeah. uh, basically tennis for old people. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's going to be a, a very fun piece. It's going to be in magazine. Uh, and online so that's been pretty cool uh other than that just staying busy with a whole bunch of random stuff i covered a squash tournament out in birmingham last weekend uh you know, kind of coming to the end of of football season here i was obviously doing a lot during that time of year but now things are kind of starting to open up and um uh, just you know working on a couple things uh working on a couple bigger projects and uh, a couple smaller projects still running for playmichigan.com as well so uh been busy been very busy You've been all over the place. All over the place. All over, all the, over the place. Squash baby. tournaments. I didn't even know that yeah. was a thing. Yeah. No, they pay very well, too. Wow. 
Is that? Yeah. I feel like that's an electric thing to cover. Honestly, it's so. It was like the world's best, which, uh, like at any sport, if you have like the number one, two, three players in the world, uh, it's going to be amazing. And like I had a front row seat to it, and it was just elite squash, and I had an absolute blast. It was one of like the most fun things I've ever covered. You know when like you come to like the end of a vacation and you have that feeling of like, damn, I don't want to go home. That's how I felt at the end of the tournament. So. <laughs> So it was the best yeah. in the world. It was right. It was right here. Yeah. Yeah. Birmingham, Michigan. This is the, uh, wow. it was at the Motor City Open. Go check it out. MotorCityOpen.com. Uh, you can check out some fine reporting there, but uh, basically it's the largest or second largest squash tournament in the United States on a year to year basis in terms of prestige. Wow. So uh, if you have the chance next year, I would say go check it out. It's pretty awesome. I'm there, man. You ain't got to tell me twice. I'm there. That's sick. I'll see you there. <laughs> so regarding those uh those detroit red wings i see you're still very active on twitter tweeting about them a lot of times yeah. i want to steal your videos because you're still the first person to post videos as i happens. still steal his gifts yeah all the time yeah unreal <laughs> like oh absolutely i do no shame push, on this guy you, you, push on, <laughs> you, you push on the video and you hit Man, it says it says from nolan you're on there yeah, yeah you get the credit automatically yeah, it's all good it's all good <laughs> um Obviously, you've been watching it very closely, and and we just kind of want to get your perspective as you know former hosts here at Locked On Red Wings. Um, what have you been seeing from the Red Wings this season? What have you been liking? Well, I think uh, like first off, I should point out that I was absolutely dead on in my assessment of how this season would go, or what I at least thought this ideal season would be for the Red Wings this year, which is they would be scrappy, they would be within a couple points of a playoff spot. Uh, within a single digit amount of points of a playoff spot, as the trade deadline approaches, you ship off a couple pieces, you sink back to six through 10 in the draft lottery odds, and you call it a day. What I did not expect, because they, they have pretty much done that to a T, what I did not expect is the peak to be so good, because this was a very, very good, exciting hockey team for a very short amount of time at the beginning of the season. And I think we all knew that it was going to, water was going to find its level. Um, and it has in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it, it kind of hasn't. So they've started to sink a little bit, but uh, you know, you're still getting a, a great run out of Dylan Larkin. He's got 44 points in 42 games this year. You're still getting production out of Tyler Bertuzzi, Moritz Sider, uh, Lucas Raymond, not as much as maybe he was at the beginning of the year, kind of slowing up a little bit, but uh, still very impressive from him. And, and you have to love the fact that they are still within, you know, couple spots of, of making the playoffs at this point so uh, I think as a whole this season has gone exactly how they would have wanted uh, it's just a matter of you know where do they finish in, in the draft lottery odds if they don't make the playoffs which I don't think they will but you know we'll see what uh who, who you dishing at the deadline there bud uh, well, as I said, uh, also in our season preview episode that we did right before I left uh, Vlad right. Mesnikov uh was my bold prediction for a guy who plays so well that he gets traded at the deadline i know that is a very hot topic i brought it up before we even start recording here and you guys said we are a vlad nemestikov podcast that's fine i am <laughs> with you on that but the fact of the matter is he's got 22 points in 47 games he's not the greatest player in the world despite what we might think about him because of the fact that he really wants to be here and he has heritage ties to here I love Vlad Nemestikov. I think he's a great dude. Seems like a good guy. You know, he's a very, very good hockey player, but you just, you don't, you don't 
pass up the 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 chance to pick up some draft assets or or whatever it may get you at the deadline because you think you might want to re-sign a guy who has 12 goals in 47 games. You need yeah. those guys, but you don't you don't turn down draft picks because of it. Right. No, that that's that's fair. And you know, looking at it with the blinders off, that is an honest and honestly a, a accurate summation. I do think he'll get moved at the deadline. My heart says no. It's like you, how you were with Adam Ernie before, you know, you left. The like, <laughs> you, we were an Adam Ernie podcast before you left. Now we're a Vlad Domestnikov podcast. That's fair. Um, That's fair. You got that jersey we, yet? Yeah, no. no. Jersey? <laughs> it's still sitting in my, uh, my, it's right here. I'll actually grab it for you. It's still sitting in my closet, uncustomized. Oh, man. His headphones yeah, Adam are Ernie crap, jersey, crap. Man. So there we go there. Oh, <laughs> I got the tags on and everything. Oh no! Is. What a beauty! What an it was. Beauty. It was one of those things where, like, I didn't have it in time for opening night, and then my desire to do it just plummeted. Yeah. So because he hasn't done maybe one day, maybe this summer, maybe next opening night, I'll wear the Adam Ernie jersey. There you go. So that I can there still make go. good technically on my promise. True. Very there true. There you go. Um, but with Vlad, like, I do see, I do see a path for him to be on this team for a few more seasons with, cause he is a very, he's a very um diverse player. Like you can put him anywhere in the lineup and he's going to play fine. You put him in the bottom, th- bottom six, he's going to play great. Put him in the top six, he's going to suffice. He's been playing top line minutes up until, you know, Zadina practice with the top line uh, it's a whole yesterday, yeah, but there. it's a whole different bag. We'll get into that. I'm sure in the second segment, but with Nemesnikov, because he wants to be here so bad, I wouldn't even be a po- like opposed to, not shipping him out and signing him to a short-term extension two, three years because he's not over the hill quite yet. He's a half point per, uh, per game player, but that's again, that's my bias speaking logically. Of course, shipping him out at the trade deadline would be the wisest decision. And then he's a UFA at the end of the season. There's nothing to say. He can't come back. Damn right. right. Exactly. And uh, I think it's, you know, I do think it's very, very dangerous to get in the line of thinking of, oh, yeah, we'll just trade him at the deadline and then he'll come back in the offseason oh, because like, I feel like that's always something that people just think, but they're definitely overvaluing uh, the never attachment happens. that these professional athletes have to their uh, respective city or team. With Nemestikov, I obviously think that that is very genuine, the love that he has for Detroit. You can kind of see it every time he scores the goal, he grabs his jersey, he's doing the Red Wing logo thing. And I love that. But again, you know, if you sign him to a two or three, he's he's the second oldest forward on this team. One of the one of the oldest 29? forwards on this team. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if you're looking at it like, would you trade Sam Gagne if he was, you know, having the same exact level of production, which he's having relatively close levels of production to Nemesnikov and a team came calling and said, hey, can we take Sam Gagne off your hands? I don't see why it would be any different. Uh, for Vlad Nemestikov, given that, you know, yes, they are uh, three years apart in age, but 29 and 32 in this league uh, is pretty much, you know, a lot. Yeah. Marginally different. Um, You know, it's marginally different. Built bars. Built bars from their competitors. Oh, he nailed oh, it. He got it, baby. He's, he knew. <laughs> um, Built bars are way better than their competitors. Uh, this time of year, you probably it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is a pro. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, guys. Uh, this time of year, easy to chew. (laughs) Sorry, fantastic. Do you want to do this live read? You want me to share screen with you so you can do the live read? (laughs) No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I remember. Yeah, uh, you've probably given up on almost all your New Year's resolutions at this point. Um, 
but don't do it this year. This year, you got to stick to your new year resolution to eat right and get fit because Bill Bar is going to make it so easy for you. It's because they almost don't taste like a protein bar at all with how good they taste. And beyond that, they also have puffs. Have you tried puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not even a they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate. Again, guys, 100 percent real chocolate. You can't you can't pass that up. Um, they're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar is anywhere from two to three hundred uh, calories. They also have a diverse selection of flavors to choose from: mint brownie, coconut, uh, coconut almond, and new this month: white chocolate, cookies, and cream. Uh, they are all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. If they think, if you think they might be good, they'll make it. Uh, it will be delicious and it'll be good for you. Go to built.com, use promo code lock15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock15 for 15% off. At Bill. Dot com. Dot com. It's that pause. It's that pause. People love that pause. Um, we also love Nolan Bianchi, who is here today with us on the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, reprising his role for an episode here. Nolan, we talked about Nemesnikov and how he might need to be traded. Another player who is kind of a hot topic this season and so even is getting some talk about possibly needing a change of scenery to revitalize his career is Philip Zadina today or yesterday during practice. By the time you're listening to this, he practiced on the first line. He's heating up a little bit. I think he had three points in four games, but I wouldn't necessarily qualify that as heating up more or less being in the right place at the right time. Does Philip Zadina need to be traded to get right? Or do you think it's just in due time? I don't think anybody needs to be traded to do any like it's just the the conversation the discourse around surrounding Phillips Adina has gotten to be so preposterous that I can't even bring myself to partake in oh, it we most can make days. it more preposterous if you want no that's exactly what I'm <laughs> trying to say that. is like the thing is, is he is I, I posted a gif where it was where I felt like it was an example of you know how it was the play in front of the net where he got the puck yeah. pass in front of the net, right? he got a he got a pass from Ernie and and I've noticed this a couple times where he's gotten these like passes out front where he can kind of do something with it. And every single time, all he does is try and redirect it on net. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Getting pucks on net is a good thing. Getting something out of a, a potential scoring chance is a good thing. But when you watch the video and you kind of see the way the play developed, you kind of can start to say, okay, well, if that was a, a guy of you know the caliber that we perceive Phillips Adina to be or a guy who um, he was at the time or, or the guy who we want Phillips Adina to be, because I think there's a lot of differences in that sense. But like, I would have liked to see somebody like Phillips Adina, maybe pull it roof, maybe try and go back and maybe just try and do anything other than what he's doing, which is the bare minimum, because I think he's afraid. Like, I think he's afraid of not getting a shot off, uh, on goal in general and, and feeling even stupider, which is why he just takes the safe play. doesn't really get himself that good of a scoring chance, but Hey, he made the right play. He got the puck on that. Now, when I tweeted that out, somebody responded to me. They said 
he knows if Jeff Blash or if he does something crazy. That Jeff was my Blash question. Will, Do you think it's Jeff or not? I'm yeah. so sick of that. Like, it is absolutely ridiculous. Did you guys see Moritz Sider put the puck between his own legs while trying to get around Sidney Crosby in the neutral zone two days prior to that? The idea that Phillips Adina can is going to get yelled at for trying to, to do a backhand after he gets a, a pass across the middle that essentially puts him in on a mini breakaway is ridiculous. I cannot wrap my head around like these these are the conspiracies about sports that like really frustrate me because it's just like you can't understand that this you know 22 year old kid or 23 however old he is now is maybe 21 even i, I can't remember I can't some yeah straight. somewhere in there. uh but um you can't wrap your head around the fact that you know he maybe has tried something like this before and it didn't go well for him or he felt stupid or something like that and now he's worried to do it again so now he just makes the safe play like confidence is so much to do with what a player is willing to try on the ice which has a lot to do with how you know, successful they are in converting those attempted chances at creativity. And I think what we're seeing with Phillips Adina right now is somebody who is afraid to be creative. He is afraid to take that chance. And so what you see is him being all around the puck, having all these great scoring chances, and then kind of just dissipating. It just, yeah, it, it kind of the, the balloon pops and, and that's it for him. And what I really think needs to happen is that he has to score a couple of goals where, Hey, he does grab that puck, go backhand and put it, you know, off the the water bottle in the back of the net, make him feel good about taking those chances so that he feels encouraged to do them again, at which point it can become muscle memory and, and slow the game down and, and so on and so forth. So do you think that that is like, the the only fix is just like the only way that he's going to get that confidence back is just by netting a couple. Yeah. Because like, if you look at everything else, like I think that there's still plenty of like outside of his sheer production, like the defensive numbers and maybe they aren't as good as, as you know, we would have liked them to be, but like, I feel like they're still not terrible. And, and, and the whole they're thing with bad, him has yeah. been like the metrics are, are saying that he, he should be having a positive impact on these hockey games. But the fact of the matter is he's not able to bury the puck. Now, a year ago, two years ago, I would always used to say, wow, just wait till Phillips Adina figures out this shot. Now, I still think that's his biggest problem. I just think it's it's he's dug himself into deeper of a hole and it's become a little more complex in his own brain because when, yeah. you, when you see those opportunities that he gets, it's like he, he just has such a tight grip on his stick that he can't do anything except for the bare minimum. And, and he's just nervous to mess it up and and – that's that's the result that you get is a weak shot into the goalie's stomach. And Scotty and I actually have, have you know, we, we pose this question in a preposterous way um, just to see, just to get you going. But we, Scotty and I have preached patience a lot with Philip Zadina, as frustrating as he has been for us. Um, but with Philip Zadina, we always tell people, keep in mind, one, he's as young as he is. I think he's only, what, 21 or 22 years old. And two, this he has not played yet in his NHL career a full NHL season because every step of the way it's been interrupted by something awful. We've had two shortened COVID seasons. He hasn't played a full season because of that either way. It's just it's too early yet to write him off, even though it feels like he's been on the team for a long time. You know, he, his first game with the Red Wings now would have been what 2019, 2018, somewhere in that range. 2019, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and so. It's 
I understand why people are frustrated, especially with how high he was taken and what his what people were saying about him. But you got to continue to be patient with him because it's just it, it's especially on a team like the Red Wings, who can use anyone they can get at this point in certain certain positions. Continue to be patient with him and see if he can figure it out. Don't write him off just yet. And like. I will throw this caveat out there. If another team calls up and they want to offer you a similar type of prospect, do you think that maybe you can get a little bit more out of plus or throwing in a draft pick? You know, if there's like something in there that like kind of makes it a, a wash or a win in that trade, by all means, go ahead and yeah, do it. Not you know, untouchable. If you can, if you can right. yeah, if you can go out and get somebody by packaging Phillips Adina in there, go ahead and do it. However, don't make a trade because you're like, this guy's eating up a roster spot and he can't put it together. We got to do something about it. That's, well, that's right. just, that's, that's the first instinct of fans everywhere. It's like, you're not yeah. performing. Get out of here. Sometimes it takes players a few years to figure it out. Like it yeah. just, that's just how it is. Not every player comes in the league. Proving the pudding. Dylan Larkin, the captain of the Red Wings had a down year last year. You know, he hasn't Less every single year been, you know, he had a 30 goal season. But after his rookie season, he had a sophomore slump. It takes players some time before they finally figure it all out. This is Dylan Larkin's figuring it all out year. He is playing unreal. He's having a better season than he ever has. Guess what? He's not a rookie, guys. It takes time for some players to figure it out. Not everyone's Austin Matthews. Not everyone is Connor McDavid. That's what it comes down to. 100%. Uh, speaking of Dylan Larkin, a little fun fact for you. I was just I love uh, poking around the other day. Uh, Dylan Larkin, 44 points in 42 games. The last time that the Red Wings made the playoffs in that 15-16 season, only one player on the team had 50 points. It was Henrik Zetterberg. He had exactly 50. I don't really know what that says, but I just, you know, I just thought it was really kind of interesting. Actually. It shows how much, how, what, how much good young talent this team has and the direction that they're headed. Yeah. It's Damn so right. crazy that they were like trying to win playoff series with that roster. <laughs> <laughs> like you have that, that's like obviously a whole nother conversation, but like you have so Zetterberg, you got to go for it. But at the same time, it was just like, geez, man. No, what, are you, what are you doing, Holland? Um, BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sport, sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline. BetOnline. Where the game starts. All right, Nolan, heading into segment three here. We wanted to do a preview, and we still do, but we haven't yet talked about the rookies. And I just want to hear your tangent. I want to hear your monologue about these Red Wings rookies, especially Moritz Sider and why he should win the Calder. Yeah. Uh, so full disclosure, Don't I, I want to say first and foremost, I did cash out my Lucas Raymond Rookie of the Year. Uh, called their future. I put in $10. I got a free $50 bonus bet. I put that right back in. I ended up cashing out at a nice $600 profit. So if you want to call me a trader, if you want to call me a, a, a whatever you want to call me, uh, go ahead. I don't care. I, it doesn't matter <laughs> to me. Um, and it, honestly, depending on what the odds were, I would possibly recommend doing the same because I, I said this at the beginning of the season, the, I don't know whether or like how this is going to shake out. I honestly have no idea, but I said even before the season started that one thing to be careful with is yes, Moritz Sider probably will be the best hockey player out of these three players, but it's a, 
it's it's about so much more of that when it comes to the Calder specifically because yep. uh, you know it, it has to do with a team who is not very good. Typically, the 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 Calder front runners play on teams that aren't very good, and um, so the 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 media who is voting on these awards aren't necessarily watching a ton of these games and what matters a lot is buzz, you know, media hype, uh, even like that somewhat becomes paradoxical, but, uh, and then, you know, like sharing clips online and stuff like that. And whoever just the hottest name is a lot of times that can kind of dictate who the winner is. So if you got a future out, I'm a red cider or Lucas Raymond, and you can cash out at a really nice profit would recommend you doing that. Second off Maritz cider, Lucas Raymond has been amazing. This whole season has, has just been like really, really fun. And it's not just because it's one of those situations where, um, you know, maybe it was when it was just Phillips Adina who was up here where you're like, ah, Red Wings lost, but Zadina scored or Red Wings lost, but you know, Zadina had an assist and uh, it's Red Wings won because Lucas Raymond and Maurice Sider saved the day. And I think that or that's Alex like, completely, or Alex Nadelkovich stood on his head. I almost forgot Alex Nadelkovich. Um, and I think that that's probably the most exciting part is they're not only difference makers, but they're guys who are at times taking over games, winning games for you and, and helping you avoid losses. Uh, you know, like I, I, I don't know. It just, it, it has made it really exciting. Like I think back to that uh, ducks game on last Monday when the, the two teams went to overtime and, and I was nervous. Like I don't necessarily know the last time that I was just like watching a hockey game. It was just like, I really hope they win. I really hope they win this game. Like if, if Zegers would have scored an OT, I would have kicked something, you know, like I, (laughs) which is like funny to think about the position that we were in like last year, the year before that, whatever, like they're, uh, they've the last four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, and so like, it's just nice to kind of be at that point and be like, Oh, they, they scored, you know, like goals are more exciting than they used to be where it was just like, Oh, here we go. Now it's four to one, or this will be over quick or or just this always impending sense of doom is gone. And I think that a lot of it can be attributed to Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the most exciting part about what they bring. Hell yeah, baby. It's, it's the, the thing is like, when, like you said, the 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 biggest difference is the because of, right? It's 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 a very different feel between, like you said, when when you only have like one kid up, and and the Tigers are going through, you know, a, a, they're lined up pretty evenly there. Like in in 2019, it was oh the Tigers lost, but like Candelario got a hit, and he was the only person on the roster that you were like oh like he might actually be here later, and and last year it was. It was, oh, like the, the Tigers won because Mize threw seven shutout. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a, the because of is is such a huge difference in those in those uh, like mindsets. And I, I always think back to one play. I, I honestly, I forget who they were playing against. It was probably about a month ago where it was. I believe it was Mo to Raymond in the neutral zone, then Raymond in between his legs passed to Larkin, who came up then along the side and scored. And that play is just like the play of uh, – it's always the play that I go back to when I think about that that kind of a thing and just the – like we're here. Like like we're finally – like we're finally here and we can start taking steps forward and, and the bottoming out is over. Like that's the one play that I point to and I'm like that's like, – like that's it. It genuinely feels like Scotty, like the teardown is ending. Like the teardown has ended, well, and that 
And, and now it's yeah. all about building up from here. Uh, we talked to Mikhail Holm uh, earlier today, but I think that episode is going to be out tomorrow on Thursday uh, in lieu of a, uh, a post-game recap because I'm going to be working the Elton John concert at Little Caesars Arena, so I'm not going to be able to Elton watch the game. sir. Yeah. So, and one of the things, we talked a lot about the Swedish prospects that the Wings have over there, and, you know, Simon Evanson is having, you know, a, a comparable D-plus one year that Moritz Sider had. And now you also have guys like William Wallander, who honestly, William Wallander doesn't get a lot of, you know, hype on social media. But Mikhail Holm didn't have enough, like, didn't have a, enough good things to say or had too much many good things to say about how well Wallander's developed and since he's been drafted and he's going to become a solid defenseman. So, like, the, the places, pieces are in place for the Detroit Red Wings going forward. And now it's just about preaching patience and waiting. But, like, we're starting to see guys, and I think it's being easy, becoming easier to be patient because guys like Moritz and Lucas Raymond and Alex Nedeljkovic are showing up and they're here. They're here now. Like we're just getting the future now. Yeah. Their participation is no longer a consolation prize for the viewing experience that you have to endure. It is a catalyst for fun hockey that you get to enjoy. If I could you know, kind of sum that up is is how I would say it. Speaking on Simon Evanson, I do want to throw out there. I think like I'm very, very thrilled with what I've seen from Simon Evanson in his draft plus one year. Like I don't want to say Kale McCarr because he's a completely different type of hockey player, but if you just look at this kid's skate, look at him wheel and deal, watch how his vision has evolved, how his physicality has evolved, how he's how he's uh adjusted to playing in a a, a league with men, it is all so thrilling. And his stick is so long, he's so big, he's so fast, like I honestly think that, and this is kind of a crazy statement to make because I think that Moritz Sider is a future Norris winner. I do think that maybe five years down the road, we look at this blue line and if you say, who would you rather have? Maybe there's an argument to be made for Simon Edmondson. Let's now, go. I, that's that's like a very crazy big claim to make. but I, I love it though. I Boomer boss, we're it. talking boom. We're talking, Boomer yeah, we're boss, talking boom. we're, we're, we're talking boom, baby. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. We're kind of running low on time, so we're going to do a very quick Philadelphia Flyers preview as the Wings do play tonight um, in Philadelphia. First game back from the All-Star break. Uh, game notes. Philip Zadina practice on the top line. We mentioned that earlier. So if Philip Zadina plays with Larkin and Raymond, that could be that, that could be the line to play on to get your confidence back like you were saying earlier, uh, Nolan. Uh, Troy Stetcher is now playing or practicing with a non-contact jersey. He's practicing on a line with Nick Letty, who had a non-contact jersey on. So Troy Stetcher's out of the non-contact jersey. He could be coming back soon. Jacob Verana update. There basically is no update. <laughs> it's progressing well. He said he said that he's feeling good. It's just going to take more time. So we still don't have a strict timetable on when he's going to return. Um, what else? What other game notes are there? Is that did I get? By the, the way, I do want to uh, in up? here. Like I think uh, that. Jacob Verona could be like an absolute X factor for this team when he comes back. Like yes. all the stuff I said about them fading out uh, going into the end of the season. I still think that even when he returns, that's, that's the most likely outcome. But at the same time, like when you put him into the lineup, now all of a sudden your third line is like decently respectable. Mm -hmm. And you also have one of the best five on five scores in all of hockey. So I don't like, 
want to overplay what his return can do for this team, but I also don't want to underplay it as well because you watched the way he came into this team last year and just tore I mean, up. did exactly what everybody said he would do once he got away from a situation in Washington where he wasn't getting a ton of uh, opportunities like like he will be here. Well, and Scotty and I doesn't ruin him, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and Scotty and I talk about that, uh, the, like we call it trickle down depth where you know you get a top line player back it moves everyone back down into yeah. a position yep. where they're more likely to succeed and yep. when the wings had larkin and bertuzzi out the team was awful because everyone was put in position where they, they like pew Suter is not a top line center he's just not yeah. but he was forced to play that role you put him back down at the second line he looks a lot better same with Vladimir mestikov yeah he could serve as much as we love him and he could serve a top line winger in times of need he's a third line winger and he's a good third line winger you know right. you get those guys back and it puts everyone back in a position to succeed I have had fun watching him play with Larkin when he does get those opportunities. There was oh, that yeah, chance man. that they had in that Ducks game. Oh, uh, yeah. Where oh, it was yeah. Like Raymond, or I think Cider kicked it to Raymond. Raymond sauced it across the offensive zone to Larkin, who toe-dragged a, a Ducks defender and got a nasty shot off that Mestikov tried to bang in for the rebound. Like Just yeah. like plays like that, they haven't existed in Red Wings' world in years. Like And, years. and now it's it's – somewhat regular somewhat on a, a game by game basis you're seeing something like that that makes you go holy shit that was awesome yeah absolutely it's, it's been awesome um I know you're gonna have to bleep that brian you guys have gone soft but you know <laughs> <laughs> i think fine. i think actually i think holm dropped uh dropped that too actually uh, yeah it's fine no it's fine, no, <laughs> it's fine. i don't care i, I, I try to do it bad. i try to do the least amount of editing as possible these days nolan so yeah. like mistakes often stay in <laughs> I just we Scotty and I are like you know what it's fine it's one cool. one take baby okay here's your preview guys who do you think is gonna win Flyers or Red Wings Red Wings Wings I four two game of Philadelphia Flyers hockey they're six in their division four, that four great, two so. Wings four two Wings there we go four two Wings I'll say uh three one Wings no one uh four two Wings. All right, there we go. That was what's up. Philadelphia Flyers preview, expertly done by the three of us today. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Uh, They are free and available on all platforms. We're back with a new episode with you tomorrow. We have a special guest, Mikhail Holman, uh, Swedish prospect scout. And uh, he writes for Smart Hockey, Smart Scouting. Got to keep that in, I'm trying to, off the top of my head, but we got it. We're there. We got there. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks for coming on. Can't forget to yeah, thank thanks, you. Right? I'm, uh, I'm proud of you guys. Way to uh, thank you. pick up the baton and, and run with it. Uh, this podcast has, has soared to heights that we never experienced uh, when I was manning the ship. And uh, yeah, good for you guys. You guys have done an excellent job. And I definitely don't listen as much as I would like to, but I still pop in from time to time. And uh, it's nice to see that you guys are, are doing a great job and uh, glad I left it in good hands. You, I was going to be like, you certainly did, but I felt that was going to be like, <laughs> Nolan, you, you want to do the sign off, Nolan? Oh yeah. For old time's sake. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs>